0: let's get into the word of God in the next few minutes. Are you excited to be in church? Yes. Your face is not so distant. Give me some smile now. I hope the week has been good. Our week has been excellent and I know yours has been good and just be in a spirit of expectancy. The Lord will come in for you. Amen. So, for the past weeks, we have been looking at God in man. And I believe that that is one of the greatest things that ever and will ever happen to any person. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says that, For it is God who works in you to will... And to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God in man enables the man to fulfill God's purpose for his or her life. And we have been dealing with identity crisis, which is a major issue in the body of Christ. Very, very. It is all over on the radio. When you turn your television, it is all over. Identity crisis. And then last week, we said that there are forces that operate in the believer which are more superior than the forces that operate outside. And our focus should be that which is inside because what is inside of you is more powerful than what is outside. But it is the other way around. We concentrate on what is outside than what is inside. And we said that one of the forces that operates in the believer is the force of what? Of hope. The anchor of our soul. It is built and based on God. Why? Because God cannot what? Lie. And that is what our hope Built on the anchor of our soul. Today, we want to look at another one the force of righteousness. The force of righteousness. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. You are an awesome God. Oh, beautiful God, are you. Perfect in all your ways. Excellent in all your ways. This morning, we give you praise and give you glory. We thank you for how far you brought us. You began the year with us. And you are still with us. We thank you. Today we have gathered under your feet. And we know you have something for us. We have not gathered because of anybody. We have not gathered because today is not a working day. We have gathered because we are your children. We have gathered in your name. And when we gather, you speak to us this morning I know you have a word for us there is something that you want us to know there is a revelation that want to, us to know there is somebody that is going through some stuff that today is going to be deliberated. there is somebody that is going through some challenges but at their spoken word that person is encouraged motivated to move on and to be encouraged this morning we give you praise we know at the end of the day your name will be glorified In Jesus' name, amen. Developing righteousness consciousness. Developing righteousness consciousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. Verse 34. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. Awake to righteousness. And do not sing, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. The scripture is telling us this morning, awake to righteousness. Wake up to who you are in Christ. Wake up to what belongs to you in Christ. We must awake to righteousness. The reality of righteousness is the greatest blessing of the new creation. Righteousness is the key word to all the writings of Apostle Paul. It is literally the key factor in knowing, walking in, and understanding what God has done for us in the great plan of redemption. Righteousness is a gift. It is God's given ability to stand in his presence without feeling shame, to stand in his presence without a sense of guilt, a sense of inferiority. It is standing in his presence boldly, yet with a sense of belongings and a wondrous peace that comes from God. God has declared the believer righteous. Hello? And that declaration cannot be undeclared. He has declared it and it is established. The the believer is righteous in God. He has brought the believer into right relationship with him. He himself brought you into right relationship with himself. It is not as a result of work. It is not as a result of your good deeds. It is all by him he has brought you. He took you from that place. He took you from your past. He took you from the man with clay and he brought you into a right relationship with himself. What else will we ask for? Righteousness is not something that you attain over a long period of time. It is not like somebody who is desiring to become a doctor where you have to go through education for over seven years before you are qualified as a medical doctor. Righteousness is not like that. You don't come into Christ and fight to be righteous. In fact, righteousness is what you were recreated into when you made that decision to follow Christ. So the very day you took that decision, that very day he brought you into right standing and into right relationship with himself. This is the consciousness that the believer must come into. Developing righteousness, consciousness. Consciousness is the state's Or quality of awareness. Or being aware of an external object. Or something within oneself. You will realize that a child at the age of six years. That child can run around in the house naked. She will not mind anybody. She will not be bothered by anybody. In fact, she will be playing hide and seek with her parents. She is okay by herself. But that same child, when she reaches the age, the stage of adolescence, suddenly something happens to that child. This child that was running around naked this time around, she cannot and she will not. Why? Because she has come to a place of consciousness. Now she is aware of what? Of herself. She is aware of what is happening inside her body. She knows that she is growing. She knows that something is developing inside of her. Now she is aware of herself. Therefore, she will not remove her dress and then run around naked. Something in her tells her it is not right because you have come to of age. It is called consciousness. She knows that something is happening to her. Some developments are taking place in her body. Things that were not there are coming in. All manner of things are happening to her. It is called the state of consciousness. And this is the state that every believer must come into. We must come to the state where we know that we are what? We are Christians. We must come to a place where we know that we are righteous people. We must come to a place where we know that we are God's people. It is called consciousness. And every believer must come to that place. Hello. Now, you realize something? That this young lady that is now aware of herself of the development that are taking place in her body. She is not content With just being aware of what is happening in her body. She goes to the next step of knowing why this is happening in my body. So she begins to ask questions. All manner of questions. Mommy why this happening to me? Mommy why is it that this thing? Mommy why is that at the end of the month something happens? Mommy why this thing and this thing? She just want to know. She Doesn't want to just be aware that things are happening. She has gone to the next stage of knowing exactly why things are happening to me. She asks questions, she probes, she researches, she is calling people, she is asking teachers, she is doing everything to know because she is not satisfied. Until she knows, she will not stop. That must be the attitude of the believer. We must not just know that, okay, I'm a believer. What is the benefit of being a believer? We must not just hear that there is something called righteousness. We must know the need, the importance, the benefit of being righteous. We must know what is operating inside of us so that we can use it to handle issues that are operating outside of us. It is not enough to be called a Christian. You must know the benefit Of being a Christian. Hello, and most of the time, that is not what we see. So when you read Ephesians chapter four, verse fourteen, it tells us of the person who is not probing, of the person who is not acting, of the believer who is content with just being conscious. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, it says that, Then, we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. That means that, There is a place called being tossed back and forth by every teaching, by all manner of teachings around. If you stay just being a believer, just being a Christian, there is a kind of teaching that will come and hit you. There is a kind of doctrine that somebody will pour on you. It is because you have not moved from where you are into the place of knowing that kind of doctrine is able to capture you and you begin to operate with that kind of mindset. This is why God defines that kind of mindset. When you read Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, he says my people are what? Are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why? Because you have rejected knowledge. So we have believers who have rejected knowledge and as a result of that, that which they have rejected is the same thing That is destroying them. God is saying that my people, in other words, God knows that those people are his. He knows that those people don't know they are Christians. He knows that they know that they are believers. And he says that my people are destroyed as a result of what? Lack of knowledge. And that is not good enough. He did not say that the believer is destroyed by witchcrafts, by demons, by principalities. He says they are destroyed by lack of what? Of knowledge. In other words, your lack of knowledge about the authority you have to overcome and to handle those witchcrafts and demons. Because you lack that knowledge, you have been coerced into that kind of mindset. It is at this stage that we are told to fight for our salvation. But when you come to knowledge, you will know that salvation is not fought for. It is at this stage that we are told to do everything to seek God's approval. Knowledge will tell you that he has already approved you by the precious blood of Jesus. It is at this stage that we are told that you have to break all kinds of curses. Some Yesterday, somebody was telling me that he bought a book called um, How to Neutralize All Manner of Curses. I said, really, how much did the book cost? 70 Ghana cities. Knowledge will tell you that Christ became what? No, no, Christ became what? Christ became a curse. Curse is anyone that hangs on the tree. And Christ was hanged on the tree. And he became a curse so that you, the believer, you become what? A blessing. Therefore, every kind of curse was put on Christ. Every kind of curse was put on Christ. No, you are not hearing me every kind of curse was put on Christ. When you come to Christ, he does not release the curse upon you. He releases blessing. Why? Because he has handled those curses. But we are deprived of these things. And we are told to do all kinds of things. In order to deal with those curses, Christ dealt with it on your behalf. He did justice to it on your behalf. Your input, your addition will not add anything to it. What you do is to enjoy the blessings that are attached to it. It is at this stage that we are told to fast and pray if not all kinds of things. You you won't Salvation and all kinds of things and it's all over the place. But when you come to a place of knowledge, it will tell you that salvation is free. You don't need to fight for it. You don't need to fast for it. You don't need to pray for it. What do you do? You believe and you are saved. But believers, unfortunately, we are put in these kinds of things. It is limiting us. Instead of us coming out to enjoying that which God has made for us, we are spending time fighting something that has already been won. It denies us of our blessing. It deprives us of the ability to live a victorious life. But today, somebody, you have to live a victorious life. Amen. Don't fight the fight that has already been fought in war. Can you imagine that Ghana, we said, okay, eh, okay, these yeah, British, they came to, to do all kinds of things. Okay, now we know. Let's go and fight them. Oh, it, it will not work because that fight was done so many years ago now we have independence we are enjoying our freedom our concentration should be how we can enjoy the freedom that we have hello but those who seek those who ask those who probe those who ask questions those people come to a place of knowledge they come to a place of knowing. They come to a place where they know that I have been brought into right relationship with my father. Therefore, when I speak, my father hears. Those who ask. We are told in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. It says what? Steady, steady to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed. It is knowledge that takes away shame. But rightly dividing the word of what? Of truth. Knowledge, studying, asking, probing, questioning. Inquiring, that is what brings the believer into knowledge. He says, "What steady? Believers, what do we do? Steady. Steady what? The word of God. Acquaint yourself with the word of God. So that you will not be blown about by every kind of doctrine that they are saying out there and people are buying into it and people are running there and people are doing all manner of things buying all kinds of things recently on Facebook somebody said what there's a man of God that when you go when you kiss the the shoes you will receive blessing where is this coming from and people go there to do that I mean where is this coming from blessing in somebody's shoe on somebody's shoes. Who knows even that morning the shoe was not even polished. But people go there. With the mindset that if I do it. I will be blessed. Where does our blessing come from? Moses said that. My health does not come from the east. It does not come from the west. It does not come from the north. My health comes from where? From the Lord. That is where our help hello may the lord help us come to this place of knowing that is why the enemy take advantage so the bible tells us don't be ignorant so he takes advantage oh those people they don't know he takes advantage that he delays our blessing. But thank God, those who know they are God will do exploit. I see somebody doing exploit. Amen. It is the place of knowledge that we understand the real importance of righteousness. Some of us have heard about righteousness. But when we talk about the real importance of righteousness, we are not there yet. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We do not have righteousness. We are God's righteousness. So you don't tell somebody I have righteousness. I am God's righteousness. Why? He brought me. He gave me that right to be called his righteousness. Our substance, our righteousness. With this mindset, the enemy is always defeated when you are concerned. Why? Because he knows you know you're right. Those who know they are right will always win the battle. There was a movie that we watched about this young lady, very intelligent. She had passed her exams and she has qualified to enter into engineering only to be told that, sorry, this school admits only men. Women are not allowed here. She knew her right. She went into the law, the constitution, whatever. She got some articles. She got somebody to help her. And she won. And she was admitted. If it had been anything, anybody else who said, oh, really? Are you sure? But I am qualified. Here is my result. Why are you not saying I shouldn't come here? Okay, take your school. Then you go somewhere. So her dream of becoming an engineer would have been dashed. She would probably go into the classroom to go and teach. But she said, no, I know my rights. I am a citizen of this country. You cannot deny me my right of learning and becoming what God wants me to become. I will fight for my right and I will become an engineer to the glory of God. That is the person that knows his or her right, and that must be the stand of the believer. I know my right, you cannot, dare not because I know my rights. Two kinds of righteousness. The first one is called imputed righteousness. Hello. It is called imputed righteousness. It is like this. Taking something that belongs to somebody and putting it on another person. So, for example, I owe 10,000 Ghana cities and my sister, she has in her account 100 Thousand Ghana cities. So there is an exchange where that amount of money is taken off her account and put on my account. So if the bank come and asks, where is our money? You owe us thousand. They go into my account and instead of seeing negative ten thousand, they will see what? hundred thousand. He say, what happened? He said, somebody just took what the person has and he replaced it with what I have. So, when you come thinking that that boy owes, that man owes, you go into my account and then you will not see anything like that. That is what happened on the cross. Christ took what he has and he put it on who you are so when the enemy come attacking and saying that God why have you allowed that man into your presence he is full of sin don't you see fault all around him God don't you see that he's a liar he cheats he does this and all of that and you have allowed him into your presence God don't do that and you see God's response He says that "Ah, whom are you talking about he says this one are you sure no 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 i don't see it are you sure you are talking about this one?" i say yes god he is full of fault he is full of sin he is full of that he is full of that he says, that i am not sure you are talking about this one because when i look at her all i see is righteousness i don't see fault i don't see anything why because my son has imputed his righteousness upon him Therefore, when I look at him, I see the righteousness, of course, inside of him. That is imputed righteousness. And every believer, if you are here this morning, that kind of righteousness was imputed over your life. So when the enemy comes and says that that person is a sinner, that person is, is dead, when God look at you, he doesn't see that. He sees what? righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. Why? Because he himself brought you into a right relationship with himself. Hello. So, if I have this mindset, whatever the enemy throws at me, it will not get me. It will not get you. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the force that operates in the believer that I, I have a right standing with my father. I can go to him anytime, any day, and I can go and seek his face. Why? Because he has done something that has allowed me to get to that place. Then the second one is called impacted righteousness. So we have imputed righteousness and impacted righteousness. So, impacted righteousness is what Christ worked in me. Hello? Imputed righteousness is given to me. And so, when you see the believer, you see righteousness all around him. Imputed righteousness you see around him. Impacted righteousness operates in the believer. Christ working inside of you is called impacted righteousness. It is the righteousness of Christ that makes you who you are. So the things that operate in me, the hope that I have, Who I have become and whom I'm desiring to become cries in me working things out of me. So the impacted righteousness changes the way I talk. It changes the way I see things. It changes the way I handle things. Why? Because there is a force that is working in me, operating in me, making me to become who God wants me to become. Impacted operates in the believer. It operates within and it shows without. It operates inside of you and then it shows outside of you. It works in the life of the believer. So, if you have this working inside of you, tell me who can come against you. Paul said, what can separate me from the love of God. Why? Because there is something that is operating in me, encouraging me that I may be down, but I'm going to be up because something in me will not allow me to be down. It is only my eyes will I behold the destruction of the enemy. Something working inside of me tells me that I have a right standing with my father. It tells me that when the enemy come in one way, he will flee. How many ways? It tells me that no matter my background, no matter where I am coming from, I have come into a new family. Something is working inside of me. Wherever I am coming from cannot influence my life in any way. I am under the influence of Christ Jesus. Working in me to become what God wants me to become. (laughs) So my background does not matter here. It does not. It may affect somebody, but for me, in the believer in Christ, it will not. Your background cannot influence your present life or your future life. Why? Because you are in Christ. You have been brought into right relationship with Christ. Hello. Christ working in you. You cannot be possessed by a demon. Hello? The believer cannot be possessed by a demon. Because there is something in you called light. And the Bible says that light and darkness cannot stay together. Did that work? So, how can a demon operate in the believer so that the believer will go and seek for deliverance? No, it does not work. Watch this demons can influence, but they cannot possess, they make suggestions. So you cannot be possessed by a demon. Hello? Things affect them. All kinds of things are hitting them. All kinds of things are influencing them. They are possessed with all manner of things. But the moment the decision is taken... Jesus takes over. All other things is in the past. Let this mind be in you. So, as a believer, you don't go about seeking for something. You stay on the word of God. You claim the promises that are in the word of God. God, this is your word. This is your word. This is your word concerning my life. I claim it because you have brought me into right relationship with me. You said, come and let us do what? Reason together. I have come. We are reasoning together. This thing, I don't understand it. God deals with it. This thing, I don't understand it. That is what the believer does. You are in right relationship with God. Hello. It is called impacted righteousness. Let's look at this one that we've done for today. Therefore, what is righteousness? What is righteousness? What, therefore, we have spoken righteousness and order. What is righteousness? Psalm sixteen, eight, verse nineteen. Don't oh, we'll close right now, so that you will have. Uh, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loads us with benefits. Even the word of our salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he had made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. The question that I ask is that. Why should God all these things for us. What is the motive behind he bringing you into a right relationship with him? What is the motive behind God allowing you to stand before him without a sense of shame, without a sense of inferiority? without a sense of sin without a sense. What is the motive behind God doing all those things? What is the motive? It is very simple. The reason God wants us, wants you to know we are righteous is very simple. This is because he wants us, he wants you, he wants me to reign in life. Hello? The reason why God has done all that he did, bringing Jesus and everything, is so that the believer will what? Reign In where? No, you didn't get me. It's for you to reign in life. It's for you to live a victorious life. It's for you to live a successful life. It's for you to live a good Christian life. He has done all these things so that you will reign in life. And enjoy life. That is why the book of Psalms tells us that he loads us daily with benefits. Hello. So, your mandate as a righteous person is what? Is what? Is to reign in life. With this mindset, knowing that I have been brought into a relationship with Christ. I know the stand that I stand. Therefore, I can do what Christ wants me to do. I can become what God wants me to become. Why? Because my 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 what my position is guaranteed. Hello. Therefore, someone I want to encourage you, somebody. Begin to reign in life. Hello. Reign as a king and a queen. Speak with authority. He intends for us to live without anxiety. Fear has no grip on you anymore. Fear of the unknown has no grip on you anymore. Fear of your background has no grip on you anymore. Fear of demons have no authority over you anymore. Because you have enough authority handle any situation that comes your way. Why? Because you have a right standing with God. Hello. Hi. We will close before the wind come. <laughs> that is why we need to study and know what it takes and means to be righteous. That is where the difference is. Knowing is different from just being aware that okay, there is something called righteousness. You need to know and the knowledge is that it is for you to reign in life. Hello. How many of us will work in a company where you don't know your benefits? You just go, okay, I want to work. Every morning you go and work. Every morning you go and work. In fact, you will know your benefit even before you go there. You will tell them, give me my offer letter. Give me my appointment. I want to read my benefit. What I will get at the end of the day is my salary, my benefit before you work. Hello. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Tell the righteous. That is why I'm telling you, somebody, that it will be well with them. Hello. Are you righteous? God says, I should tell you that it will be well with you. I don't know what you are going through, but God says, I should tell you that if you are righteous, it will be well with you. For they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, disaster upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. But for the righteous... It will be what? It will be well with you. You may be down today, but the message is that it will be well with you. Yeah. Things are rough, but it will be well with you. Yeah. You can't see the way forward, but it will be well with you. Yeah. Why I am righteous and I am meant to reign in life. Yeah. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and their tongue speak that which is just. The lips of the righteous knows how to find favor. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 23. This one is not ring. The desire of the righteous ends in good. But the hope of the wicked is rough. Your desire will end in good. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody put your hand on your heart and says that. God, I know I have a right standing with you. You have just told me that it will be well with me, and I believe it will be well with me. Hey, hold on. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. I think we have to.